everybody so today i am doing my may wrap up it's technically still may but i just want to do this so that it's done because i am in a hotel room all alone right now my husband is working i came to visit him and i have the day to relax in a hotel and read books and <laughs> record podcasts so um i possibly will finish a book between now and then honestly one of them I I probably will finish and so if that's the case I might might record a clip after the fact and put that in here I don't really know yet um but either way I just feel like it's easier to get it done like a couple days early um because then I'm not like struggling to like get it done so I can put it up because I really like to put it up like the first possible week I can um so yeah also as I'm in a hotel there's the you know casual hotel background noise so if you hear that ignore it thank you so much um the refrigerator is making noise there's this weird dripping sound I don't know where it's coming from um we're like close to a highway I think so there's highway noise everybody in this hotel is really fucking loud even though there's only like five people in this hotel right now so you know just roll with it and we love it and it's totally fine. Um anyway, this month I read um 16 books and I DNF'd six books. Um one of the 16 I read actually at the end of April, but we're going to talk about it now and that's how it's going to be next month too. I'm going to be like, "Oh, actually, I read this in May." Um it's the same fucking difference, you know. Those couple of days do they really matter? They don't. It's no big deal. Um, so let's freaking get into this wrap up. So the six books I DNF'd, I was going through a little bit of a slump, I think. Um, I feel like I started off the month, like, I think the first week I read, like, a book every single day, and then... I was just like not satisfied with anything I was reading. So I feel like all of these books I DNF'd in quick succession. Um, I'm pretty sure they were all audiobooks too, now that I'm looking at it. But I was just like, this isn't serving me, this isn't serving me, I don't like this, I don't like this. So I started off really strong and then I slowly, as the month went on, I was just like, What is reading? Why am I reading? So the first one is It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. I don't truly know yet if Colleen Hoover is for me. I liked the book that I read last month, All Your Perfects, but it feels like her books probably follow like a similar path and I hate that. This book was about a girl named Lily who starts dating this guy, Ryle, who doesn't do relationships, barf, but he wants to fuck her. Like over and over he says this. He's like, I, I, I just, I just want to fuck you. And I'm like, what? And he's just like so enamored by her that he must have her like barf 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 um so they're together and it does this like flashback thing to her first love atlas who was homeless and like you do you girl but why so I was super bored and I wanted to DNF it but I was like you're halfway through like just keep going like just finish this fucking book and then you can like give it a fair shake and then there was this weird ass sex scene where he's checking her heartbeat during various parts of them hooking up. He's a doctor, by the way. So he would like start like rubbing her clit and would like then like check her heart and he would put his fingers inside her and like check her heartbeat. And I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> um no thank you like it's just not like that's not for me like I'm I'm not it was it it felt so so creepy and disgusting that he's like oh it's it's going up your heartbeat's going up I was like um I ended up asking my friend Sarah what happened because I wanted to know like what the fucking point of it because it didn't feel like there was a point and there's not one um Lily's dad I'm gonna spoil this so peace out if you don't Lily's dad was abusive and then this like Ryle guy ends up abusing her as well and like I think the thing about it is it like makes people appreciate like that she like tries to leave him a few times and it shows how hard that is and then like 
I guess she ends up being able to leave him or something, but it was so boring and it seems like a big leap from the way that the first half of the book was. Um, I think so in the future, I think I plan on doing like tropes I hate in books, but I know from like the last book I read of hers, like the only other book I've read of hers, it's like a very back and forth thing. Like there's like now and then and now and then and now and then. And I feel like I don't really like that. And it was the same in this where it was like present day, but then she was like flashing back to like her childhood love or whatever. And I just, I don't, I don't know if I like that. I think it was honestly like part of the reason why I was so bored with this book, but it just, it was super boring. And it was just like a big, boring, fluffy 50 shades of gray and it just, it, it wasn't like rich Christian gray vibes and like some weird kinky, like, I mean, I guess the ske- the stethoscope was kinky, but I just don't, it's just not, it was, it was not good. It was not good. The next book is The Dinner Guest by B.P. Waller. This was a book I got to read early from NetGalley, but it was so boring. It starts where this woman is like taking blame for killing someone that she didn't actually kill And I think I'm pretty sure why, I'm just going to say, I'm pretty sure she was taking the blame for her son. I think like it was these two gay guys who had a son and there was like some weird stuff about who their mom was. And it seemed like their mom, what, like his mom was like one of the gay guys like sister or something because one of the guys was like the stepdad. He wasn't like the original dad. Um, and so then, like, this woman is kind of, like, stalking them or something, and she, like, works the, her way into their house, and she seems, like, super interested in the kid. I'm pretty sure it, like, shakes out that, like, she is the kid's real mom, and then for whatever reason, I don't know if the guy, like, stole him or, like, how that, I don't know what happened, but um, the little boy ends up killing the dad or something, and then she takes the fall for it, and then it's, like, unraveling why she did that. And I'm pretty sure it's because it's her son. So it was, it like started out and it seemed like it was going to be like fun and exciting. But um, everything that I had been reading, I was like not loving. And this one I was reading so slowly that I just decided I needed to be done because it just like, it wasn't doing anything for me. The next book is One by One by Ruth Ware. And I have said that like Ruth Ware books, I'm like not sure about. I don't like the pacing of them. But this was when my audiobook slump like really like set in and I was DNFing books left and right. And um, I think I probably could like this. I didn't even give it a chance. It was set up the same way as The Unwanted Guest by Sherry Lapina and The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley where there's like a group of people in a cabin in the snow and someone dies and they're trying to figure out who did it. And I just didn't feel like reading another one of these right now, especially after I literally just DNF The Hunting Party last month. So probably a good book. I listened to like 20 minutes of it. Um, The fourth book is The Cousins by Karen M. McManus. It started off way too slow. Like I didn't care. I wasn't attached to the characters. I didn't like, no, nothing was like, there was no intrigue in any way. And I don't think that I like Karen M. McManus very much anyway. She's the one who wrote those like breakfast clubby books. um, One of us is lying and whatnot. So I just, I, I think her writing is just like super cheap. I just think it's like very like, we're just gonna throw everything at the wall and like figure it out. I don't know. I just don't like it. Um, the next book is Punching the Air by Evie Zobo- Zoboy and Yusef Salam. I actually think I would like this book if I read it as a regular book, but I was listening to it as an audiobook and it's written in verse, so it was like hard for me to keep up because the chapters were like one page. Um, I think that I will end up requesting this from the library at some point and actually read it because it seemed interesting and I'm assuming it's a fairly short book based on how long the audiobook was. It's like this kid is in a fight or something. He's black and he's suspected of being in a fight and he ends up going to jail for it, but I'm pretty sure he didn't actually do anything or he was just defending himself. Um, but it's like, he goes to jail because he's black and, um, what I listened to was good. I had no problems with anything I was listening to. Like I, I was in it but it wasn't working for me in that format. So I need to request like just the, the physical book and then try to read it that way. And I think I would like it a little bit better. And then the last book is the singles game by Lauren Weisberger. This was so boring. I really like Lauren Weisberger's writing or I don't even know if I can say that honestly, but she wrote the devil wears Prada. I think I read part of that book. I don't know. 
Um, but the book that was like a sequel was called When Life Gives You Lululemons or something. And I fucking loved that book. Like, I fucking loved it. It was just like the perfect amount of like sass and spice and like suburban drama. And I just loved it, which is what I'll get to in the books I actually read this month because I started reading this this singles game because I was like, oh, like she has a book coming out where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. And I was like, oh, I should read some more of her books because I like her. I have like this section on my Goodreads of books that like backlist, like authors backlist. So authors that I really enjoyed their books, like I want to read all the other books that they've written. And she's one of them because I really, really liked Lululemons. And so I was like, oh, I'll just like start reading some of her other books while I'm waiting for this one to release. And then my hold ended up releasing. So I was actually able to read it this month anyway. Um, And that was like way better than this. But this is basically like this girl who's like a tennis player and she hurts herself and she wants to go to the Olympics, but she ends up getting a new coach because like she wants somebody to train her to go to the Olympics and he's like an asshole. We've seen that movie, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, like, they end up together or, like, his other protege ends up with her. But that's, like, the basic whatever. I don't give a flying fuck about tennis, so it is what it is. Um, but I, if you haven't read When Life Gives You Lululemons, like, I really love that one. That's just, like, such a juicy beach read. I just freaking loved it. Um, so, yeah, those are all the books. I'm actually happy that none of them are physical books because it makes me sad when I can't get through a physical book. But if it's an audiobook, I'm always like, meh, whatever, next. The first book I read is The Push by Ashley Audrian. And this is the one I read at the end of April um, last month. I read this because Katie Colson, the girl I'm obsessed with on YouTube, was talking about it. And it was wild. It was very similar to Baby Teeth by Zoji Stage. And I was trying to figure out if I think that this one is better than Baby Teeth or if Baby Teeth was better. So this one was like more like consistent, like things were constantly happening. Whereas in Baby Teeth, it was like there were long periods of like very stagnant, very boring like things. And then there would be like these huge wild events. So I think that the big events in Baby Teeth were way more interesting and like entertaining. But the push was like consistent all the way through. So it was enjoyable the whole way through. And there weren't any like slow lagging moments. So take with that what you will. But they're they're very similar in my opinion. Um, it's about this mother who doesn't have this attachment to her daughter and then her daughter is kind of evil and I can't really say anything else because I don't want to spoil it, but same thing with baby teeth. Like if you haven't read that one, it's kind of the same thing. Like this, this daughter and her mom like have like an issue and the daughter is evil. Um, I saw a bunch of warnings for this book. Like don't read this if you're pregnant or if you're trying to get pregnant or whatever. And like, I went ahead and read it because whatever. I don't think it was that bad, but I do think it makes you think like, oh God, like what if I had a kid and like I didn't connect with that kid and like that kid was like demonic, like then what would I do? And I even asked Tommy, I was like, would you believe me if I said our child was evil? And he was like, I mean, I would try, but, and I was like, oh my God, you think I'm crazy. Like that's how the husbands are in these books where they're like, yeah, but like, you know, and like, they don't, they just like, don't really like, they're not like, they don't get it. And they're not like, like they're supportive ish, but then they're like, you're being crazy. or like, why are you being like this? And like, whatever. And so I for sure thought when I asked him that, that he would be like, oh yeah, like a hundred percent. He was like, well, I mean, maybe. And I was like, oh my God, you would think I was crazy. So glad to know where I stand. Um, I definitely recommend it though. It was like short, fast, like super scary, not, not scary, like scary, but like, just like, Oh fuck. What if that happened to me? Kind of thing. The one thing I hate is the way that both of these books end. If you read them, you'll understand what I mean. The next book I read was the air affair by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. If Sarah's listening, honey, (laughs) skip through this part because I'm going to rage. Okay. Um, this is the sequel to The Royal We, and this book was dreadful. I don't know why I read it when I didn't like the first one. Like, why did I do that? Good question. There's something about these books that, like, sucks you in because it reads like a fairy tale. Like, you feel fluffy and light reading about the monarchy because 
nothing about their world is relatable. I actually just listened to the Prince Harry um, podcast on Dax Shepard's podcast and he was talking, they were talking about like, you know, do you, like, how do you envision your, because everybody's like fantasy is like, they're going to marry the prince or they're going to marry the princess and they're going to go away to this royal castle. And it's like, you are the prince. So it's just kind of funny. Um, nothing about this world is relatable. So it's like very fluffy and like, oh, like that's, that's a nice, that's nice to imagine. You know, it's like very like, it's like watching reality TV kind of. Um, I'm not super into the royal family again. Like they're cool, but I'm not obsessed or like super interested in their lives. Like I don't give a fuck about them. Like I am only interested, I even think remotely because I like Meghan Markle. So I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Like let's, I can, I can like peep in every now and then and like people aren't being nice to Meghan Markle. So I'm like back the fuck off because I like her. Um, but I, you know, I watch The Crown, but like again, I could care less. It isn't, if we stopped watch, watching The Crown, I wouldn't be upset. We actually haven't watched the rest of this season yet because to find the time to do it together, it's just not happening. But anyway, um, it's like, if that's all that these books had to offer, like about their lives, I think that it would have been better. Um, I can't remember if I spoiled when I talked about the Royal We, but I'm going to spoil it now, so I'm super sorry. In the first book, the Kate character and the Prince Harry character kiss more than once, and he has, like, actual feelings for her, and she loves him like a brother, sort of, but it's like a brother that she likes to kiss, but he actually likes her. And this is in the middle of, like, this shoddy-ass relationship with the Prince William character. It's, like, 600 pages of them meeting, dating, breaking up, and then getting back together. And it's just, like, not a believable romance. Like, it just doesn't seem like these people should be together. Like, why are you together? And then, in this book, they're married, and we still have to deal with this love triangle. Like, listen, my husband has three brothers, and the idea of me just casually making out with one of them, like, what the hell? And I know that I'm, like, such a hypocrite because, like, guess what, like, one of my favorite book series has in it. Like, it has a girl who is in a love triangle with two brothers. It's the summer I turned pretty. You ever heard of it? Um, But they're children. Like, they're young adults and they're just, like, they're not, like, college-aged adults who have to rule a country. And it's not believable to me that you want to marry someone marry someone as an adult that you were on shaky ground with at best and you're consistently worrying about the other character and like who he's dating and it was a constant plot point in this book like the Kate character was talking about all of the girls that the Freddie character was dating and she was like worried about his feelings and wanting his friendship and loving him and I'm aware that she loves Nick enough to be with him and now with Freddie but like they rarely had moments in the book that prove that. I feel like this was the same as Twilight where there's no reason for Bella to be in love with Jacob. Like there's no reason for her to kiss him. There's no reason for her to entertain that at all. Her and Edward were like rock solid and there's so many external conflicts that have enough fodder for conflict. So why in the hell do we need a love triangle with his brother? Like it's the same with this. They're the freaking monarchy. Like they have conflict for days and there's all these things that could have happened or that they, they were battling even in this book. So why did we have to add this like brother aspect? Like it makes me so mad. If we would have taken that out, if that would have, if we would have completely taken that out, I think I would have rated this book probably two stars higher. Like I, I think I gave this like a two or a three, probably like a two. I think I would probably give this like four stars if all of that was taken out and there wasn't a love triangle. Like, let's just, like, roll with the fact that they're supposed to be this, like, rock-solid monarchy and then, like, have them have all these external problems because they are the monarchy. Like, that is way more entertaining to me than a fucking love triangle with his fucking brother. Um, also, Nick turns everything into a pissing contest, which is just straight-up awkward. And he's, like, barely mad at Bex, but he's, like, fully mad at Freddie. And people that do that... There are always two people involved. And if you cannot be equally angry at both parties, then you don't have any right to be angry at either one, to be perfectly honest. Like, I understand that this person is, like, your brother and they should, like, never hurt you and, like, always be on your side and whatever. But then, on the other hand, this person is your wife 
and she should never hurt you and she should like that she becomes your number one and so it's like you should rate those equally like you should not be mad at either one more than the other so if you're going to be mad at one you should be mad at the other and like he was mad at her kind of but it was not equal it was not equal and I understand that there's like ways like you work with you work with people different you work through things differently with people and whatever and like if it's your wife like you have to figure it out and whatever but like this happened before they got married so I just I I just don't I don't like it um he's such a fucking wimp it's so annoying there's also all this weird sex talk like there's not a lot of sex scenes, but there's a bunch of scenes where they're flirting and talking about sex, like foreplay or something. And it was just like, why? Like, it's just like them talking about the fact that they're going to have sex later, but then they don't actually have sex later. And I'm not somebody who cares about sex scenes at all. Clearly, if you've been listening to my podcast, then you know, but I just, what's the, what's the point of talking about it? If you're not also going to show it, it just, it, that seems weird to me. Um, and then what happens at the very end like absolutely fucking not absolutely fucking not this book is awful and you can avoid reading it if you can avoid reading it you should if you have not read it you shouldn't um and then there's also this part in the book that mentions the royal timeline happening fast and nothing happens at all simultaneously and that's how this book is like it goes through like a very long time and it feels like it takes that long to get through the book but then it also feels like it happens very quickly and so it's just like it's like a weird pacing again I think if they would have taken out the love triangle just completely remove that from the series I think the series would have been a lot better like a book that's essentially about Kate and William and Freddie and the monarchy or Harry and the monarchy like that's great that's all anybody wants like we don't need a brother love triangle that's disgusting these are supposed to be people that are running a country. I need them to have their fucking marital affairs in order. I need them to have their fucking shit together. And if they cannot even get relationships under control, I don't want them to run the country. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not affecting me. I live in America, so, you know, it's fine. I have my own problems here, but it just feels really um, irresponsible to put someone like this in a position of power because he is... A little baby and he can't get his shit together so um yeah and I would imagine that this is not actually the case with Prince William and Kate and Harry I don't think that there was a love triangle and I'm glad for that and I wish them all the best don't read this fucking book sorry Sarah don't don't do it the next book I read was also disappointing it was The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins this is just a Jane Eyre retelling and I don't understand why there's like a small storyline that's different but ultimately everything is the same down to like the characters freaking names and it's just like so unoriginal it hurts it was so cringy the characters names are Jane John Eddie Rochester Bertha Blanche Helen Burns Mr. Brock etc like they're all the same they live on Thornhill Estates it's it's so it's so painful if you haven't read Jane Eyre maybe skip ahead I don't know if you care I don't know um I saw a review saying that it made them uncomfortable and same. I saw another review that said I didn't like this book and neither would Charlotte Bronte and I was dying. Um, Everything was the same. The fire, being an orphan, um, dog walking was subbed in for being a governess, but it was the fucking same. I read Jane Eyre with my sister at the beginning of the year, so it's like really fresh in my mind and I loved it. And I think a retelling, especially in the form of a thriller, is super fun, but this missed the mark completely. Like, her name should have been like Jay and she marries a man named Chester and they live in Thorn Hills. Like make it less freaking obvious. And the twists weren't twists at all. It was like super obvious from the very beginning, like what was going to happen. It was not good. I did like the very, very end, like the epilogue sort of situation. I liked that. But honestly, I wish this were just like a book like this were just like a thriller about random characters and had nothing to do with Jane Eyre. And then I think I probably would have liked it more. Also, she added the quote, whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same, which is a freaking Wuthering Heights quote and not a Jane Eyre quote, which makes me so fucking angry and it's all the more cringy. That's not the right fucking Bronte sister. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's so fucking bad. The next book I read was Good Girl, Bad Blood by Holly Jackson. This is the second book in the series. The first is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. And when I talked about Truly Devious, 
like last month or whatever, two months ago, I said, I think I like that better than this. And I think I was actually wrong. I think I forgot how much I liked the first one, but this one was definitely better than the first one. I read this one. Well, okay. So the first one I read physically, and then this one, I listened to the audiobook, and the audiobook was fantastic. If you can listen to the audiobook for this, you should. It was phenomenal. It was an ensemble cast, which means it's not just one person doing the voices. There were all these people playing themselves. Like it wasn't, um, like there, every single person had a different voice. It was a different character. It was a different voice actor or whatever. Um, and the premise was that she created a podcast after the first book. And so a bunch of the clips in this audiobook are has like podcast clips and interviews and it sounds so real there's like the little clicks of like the tape recorder and there's like all these like moments where they're like you know talking before they're like ready to record and stuff like that like oh is this on like da, 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 like that kind of thing it was the best audiobook I've listened to without a doubt like it was so good and now I need to find other audiobooks that have ensemble casts because yes um, I feel like Pip was a lot whinier in this book and I don't fully understand why she was acting so worried to go down this road again. Like in the first book, she was a bad bitch and she was like not scared of anything. And I was like, this girl has the biggest balls I've ever seen. Um, but then in this book, she's just like kind of a baby. And maybe that's because I was listening to the audio in the first book I read physically. Sometimes audio narrators can make them sound like breathy and whiny and like whatever um it's like their interpretation but I have to imagine there's like a director for this that knows the book or the author very well and knows how it's supposed to be read so if that's how it's supposed to be read then whatever but it's just like weird um there were a lot of pieces about the first book that I kind of forgot and I think it would be kind of imperative to remember so maybe read them back to back if you're gonna do that and then um there's this moment where she does something that I was like yeah, that's not cool. I understand why she did it, but it's literally like just because someone does something that's bad doesn't make it okay for you to do something bad as well. Like his offense was like way worse, but dear God, like you can't just roll around being a monster because someone else is a monster. Um, I think my issue with these books, like because after I got to the end of this one, I remembered like the other one and why I don't I don't remember liking it as much as I did while I was reading it is that the endings don't matter like this is kind of a spoiler but not really but kind of like the mystery and everything ends up being like kind of someone you don't care about and it's kind of wrapped up in a way that you're like what like okay like it's it's super good like it's super good for like 90% of it and then you get to the last 10% and it's just like oh well okay it's just like kind of a letdown because it's just like the person doesn't hold as much stake in the game. So you're just like kind of like, mm, okay, fine. And that's true for both of the books, I feel like. Again, sorry, that's a spoiler. Um, I still think it's like a really fun series. And there's a third book that's coming out, which who knows why, but I'm sure I'll still read that one. And I'll probably try to read the audio for that because this one was so much fun. But um, I, I do think they're very good books. And like I said, like the majority of the book is fantastic. And then it's just like the endings are just kind of like, convenient and it's like oh well okay I guess and then you kind of like forget about it and I think that's what happened is I was like oh I guess I like I remembered like not really liking those like the book as much because I was like the ending kind of sucked but the book I actually really really liked like I devoured the first book I read it in like two days and it was like jumpy and keeping me up all night and I was like spooked out but then because the ending sucked when I was reading Truly Devious, I was like, oh, I think I like this better than that one because all I could remember was how much I hated the ending. So I don't know, but I do recommend that you read them because they're pretty good. The next book I read was Fangs by Sarah Anderson. This book is adorable. It's not really a book technically. It's kind of like a comic strip. It's a hundred pages and it's like not even all the pages have words on them, but I use it for my shortest book on your TBR prompt for the Pop Sugar Challenge. It's like every few pages doesn't even have words, um, but it's like 100 pages of a love story between a vampire and a werewolf. Um, but it's like a little cheeky and modern as if it were happening today. And it's super adorable. And I don't like graphic novels and stuff like that, but this I thought was very, very cute. And it sort of tells a story, but it's also just like a kind of a compilation of comic strips. It was cute. I don't know. Um, I also probably won't, end up buying it because I'm not super into like gothic stuff but the book is just 
physically adorable it's like this red like corduroy type of cover with black sprayed edges and the pictures it's just like it's such a cute I you know what I might buy it I honestly might buy it it's such a cute just like tiny little it's just adorable it's so adorable so you don't have to go buy it but like just go request it from the library because it's just adorable and it's just like it took me like five minutes to read it like just to flip through the comics but it was so cute so if that's your thing there you go. The next book I read was Siege and Storm by Lee Bardugo. I wanted to get all of these read before April because the show just came out and that didn't happen. So I'm doing that now. Um, this, I'm, this is the second book in the series. The third book in the series is Rune and Rising, which I'm reading that now. And I honestly, I don't know what my deal is, but I, I really like these books, but I read them so slowly for some reason. I think a lot of people don't like these books because they say they're boring and blah, 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 whatever. And I think that maybe they are boring and that's why it takes me so long to read them because I'm just like slowly trudging through them. But I still really, really like them. It just takes me a little bit longer to get through them. So I should have finished this book like two weeks ago and I haven't. So that is one of the books that I think like I probably will end up finishing this weekend. But I'm just not there yet. Um, so I heard mixed things about Shadow and Bone when I first read it last year. Like I said, like a lot of people don't like it. Um, but I really, really liked it. Like the Shadow and Bone, I really, really liked. Siege and Storm, I also really liked. A lot of people said it was fucking garbage because like nothing really happens in the book. And that's really true. Um, normally, I fucking hate that. Like normally that is like a huge problem for me if nothing happens in a book. But I'm so interested in the story and this like world that I didn't mind. I'm not really sure why. It kind of gives me Vampire Academy vibes. So I think that might be why I like it. Like there's all these characters that have special gifts. And then there's like these people that protect them. And then there's bad people. And then there's a kingdom. And it takes place in like a Russian-like setting. And I have a fucking thing for Russians. Specifically Russian women. I like their fucking accents. I don't know. Um, but I just think it's like fun it's different I don't I don't really know um I wouldn't say there's anything special about it like the writing is very good um versus the way that some young adult fantasy is but there's nothing like super like it's not like Harry Potter it's not like you know I don't know it does it doesn't stand out from anything but I do still really like it I also love how much Sarah J Mass ripped from this fucking series and no one talks about it like I didn't start keeping track until like towards the end of this book but I'm sure there's a ton of stuff and I even noticed some stuff in this third book that I'm also reading um there's like amplifiers which is a, such a thing in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series um there's uh they say light calls to like a lot which is repeated heavily in the Agator series um there's like a bone smith aka the bone carver in mist and fury it's the same thing and like these books came out eight years before Agatar, so i'm pretty sure lee bardugo started this and i'm just I'm, I'm not really a fan of sarah j mass like i just don't like her and her writing is terrible and like if you compare these two books honestly like you compare these two series like i i do love the world i do love the characters in the Agator series but like, I think that the characters maybe are more fleshed out than the characters in the Shadow and Bone series. But the writing quality is so much better. It is, like, Lee Bardugo is, like, I would say probably an A. Like, writing quality, probably an A. Sarah J. Mass, I would say, is a D at best. At best. Like, her writing sucks. So, this is a Lee Bardugo fan account, not a Sarah J. Mass fan account. Um, anyways... So this book is about what happens after trying to escape the Darkling. At the very end of the first book, she's like trying to escape the Darkling. And then this is how they try to ban against him with the castle and things like that. And I was a Darkling fan in the first book. And I put that I was now here for Nikolai. But to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of here for Mal. Um, now that I'm like, I don't know, 60% of the way through the third book. I'm kind of like, a lot of people hate Mal. And I understand why. But I still kind of like him. And I also like Nikolai still. And I still kind of like the Darkling. So, you know, that's also something else I always say. Specifically, I got this idea from Greek, the TV show. Casey Cartwright. Have you ever heard of her? Um, 
I can root for a character to be with three people, then it's good. Because in Greek, I wanted Casey with Cappy. And I also wanted Casey with Evan. And I also wanted Casey with Max. So if you can root for a character to be with all three fucking people, like you're doing something right. So I kind of like the idea of her with all three of these men. And so in my book, that's a good thing. Anyway, so I'm like 60% of the way through the third book, which is um, Rune and Rising. And that's another fucking thing. That's another fucking thing. The third book in the Agatar series is Wings and Ruin. Like, I, I know there, I know, I know there's like the possibility for overlap and things, but like this bitch, like Sarah J. Mass is just a fucking whatever. Um, also these books aren't unnecessarily long. Like these books are the perfect length. Like Sarah J. Mass books are like twice the size. And for what? Like these books are like a normal length of a book. They're like, it's like 400 pages or something, which is a lot, but it's like not excessive, you know? Um, Anyway, so yeah, I think I will finish this one probably this month. I will maybe update at the end of this, like, that I finished it. Um, But I really like them, and I'm really excited to watch the TV show because I've heard a lot of people really like it, and people that didn't like the books really liked it, which maybe is meaning I'm not going to like the show because I really like the books. Um, We'll see. But the problem is there's also a duology that they mix in with it, the Six of Crows and whatever the second book in that is. So I also want to read those. So I'll probably watch the show, I don't know, at the end of the year, whenever I fucking finish. Who knows? The next book I read was Every Heart a Doorway by Sheena McGuire. I fucking hated it. Um, Katie Colson from BookTube is obsessed with the series, and I've randomly had a bunch of these on my TBR. I didn't realize they were all connected. I just, like, would have one, and then I would see it, and I would put it, and I was like, oh... Oh, and so now it's clicked that they're all together. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. No, no, no. I like the idea of these books, I think. It's like there are these doors that take children to other worlds when they're having like a bad time in life. But it was kind of all over the place. And I read a review that said it felt like you're reading the second book in a series. And it was super confusing trying to figure out like who or what anything was and like why we should care about it. The kids were also a little creepy and there's like a murder mystery thing that happens and that's not for me. I don't know. It's just like, it's not for me, fam. I I just, I, I don't do the spooky, like whatever. And Katie Coulson definitely is into like the spooky, the spooky, scary vibes. And that's like not my journey. So I understand that we have a little bit of a difference of opinion, but it just was like, it was just not good for me. It was just not good. There's a vacuum going now, so that's a fun thing to add to our hotel sounds. The next book I read was The Great Pet Heist by Emily Acton. I read this with my nine-year-old nanny kid. We read every day after school, so part of my problem with this is how long it took us to get through, and I feel like it was very slow, but it also could be because it took us a long, like, we read it 20 minutes every day, so it took us a long period of time to get through it, so that could potentially be my issue. Um, I actually bought this book for her for Christmas. It was from her parents, but I was like at Barnes and Noble getting other books for them that they had requested. And this was one of them. And I was like, this looks like a fun book. And so I'm glad that she enjoyed it. Um, because I picked it out and it's the only one she wanted to read and she didn't want to read the buns that her parents picked out. So nanny win. It's about these pets in this apartment and their owner is like this old lady and she falls and she goes to the hospital and they all freak out and they're like, we're going to get separated. Like we're going to go to the pound. Like there's a dog, a cat, a bird, two mice. It's like this whole thing. And so the dog had found on his, like one of his walks or one of her walks, she had found like a gold coin. And so they end up creating this like plan to rob this like creepy man that lives on like the top floor. They create this pet heist and they steal these gold coins. They're like the something six, the sinister six or the something six. Apparently that's like a thing about people that have done heists. I don't know. Um, Ocean's 11 for animals, if you will. So it's got like these funny moments that are obviously not even meant for the kids. Like that are just like funny if you are an adult kind of thing. And then the book itself is meant for kids, obviously, so it's whatever. It's definitely not, like, a must-read if you have kids, but if your kid likes pets or heists or whatever, then maybe they would like this. I don't know. The next book I read is The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune. I put off reading this book for months and months and months because it was so hyped up, and I was worried I wasn't going to like it. 
I definitely liked it, but I didn't love it the way that everyone else does. It's about this man, Linus, who is a social worker from Magical Youth, and he gets an assignment and he has to go to this island where like the very bad kids are. It's very cute. It's very obvious what's going to happen. So maybe that's why it took me a while to get through it because I knew what was going to happen. So it was kind of like putting, I don't know, it maybe it took, it took me a little bit to get through this, but it was still very good. And there are these moments of pure sweetness, like pure joy. It's so sugary sweet, but in the best way, there's also a lot of representation about being different, being overweight, being, you know, misjudged and things like that. And I think the underlying message of this book is great. It has major Harry Potter vibes and um, I DNF'd this book, but The Trials of Morgan Crow, it, it reminds me a lot of The Trials of Morgan Crow. Like it, it makes me kind of want to reread The Trials of Morgan Crow. Um, some things that annoyed me about it are the, the like repetition of certain words. I didn't write them all down until I was like close to being finished with the book, but I remember several words that were repeated over and over, like tome, consternation, untoward, like it was all repetitive and the chapters and the conversations all felt like variations of the same words just in different orders and it was kind of annoying. It was like they were having the same conversations over and over again or like he was having the same thoughts over and over again which maybe I saw somebody say something about like anxiety or something and so maybe like that was like a thing and that's you're supposed to read it that way. It's supposed to feel repetitive. Maybe. I also could be mixing that up with a different book. I don't fucking know. Um, also my mild spoiler, but it's a gay love story, but it was super weird. This Arthur guy just like is in love with Linus from the jump and it doesn't make any sense to me. Like there's no buildup and that's not the main, the like main point of the story. It's like a secondary story. So it's whatever, but like, I understand why Linus liked Arthur, but I don't understand why Arthur liked Linus and it doesn't show any of those feelings or how that happened or it, it just like doesn't like lead you there so I don't really understand it and that was frustrating but overall it was cute and it's a hyped book for a reason towards the end my nose was like burning and like I was scrunching my face and stuff because I was tearing up at various points so we love that I can't remember the last book that made me really cry so it was good it was cute I liked it you have to be down for like the fantastical vibes or you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like this doesn't do anything for me. Um, but it was, it was definitely, it was definitely very cute. The next two books are Fable and Namesake by Adrian Young. I've heard that these were not very good because nothing happens in them. And that's pretty much true. I still didn't mind them though, because I thought the characters were kind of interesting and the situation was kind of interesting. It's basically like two books that are about like pirates and this girl is the daughter of this like big deal pirate and she's really good with gemstones it's not super entertaining but it also wasn't bad my taste apparently is trash compared to everybody else's I like the books that other people don't like and I don't like the books that other people do like so I don't know um it is funny though because the whole time I was reading them it reminded me of one piece which is the manga that my nanny kid made me read last month and that was really annoying because um, it was it, it felt very similar to those stories just in book form. So basically like they're going from one place and trying to get to another and they're trying to make money and it's very basic and there's little substance but I liked the salty air vibes that it gave me so it's whatever. The next book is All American Boys by Jason Reynolds and Brendan Keeley. Really quick, Jason Reynolds and Justin A. Reynolds both can do no wrong in my eyes. They never fucking miss. I love every single one of both of their books that I've read. And I figured out how to differentiate between them finally. Jason Reynolds wrote the track series that my oldest nanny kid and I are currently reading. And the rest of his books seem to be all about like racial justice issues. Racial justice issues. Both Reynolds men are black. Justin A. Reynolds writes more like science fiction young adult books that feature black main characters and I have loved his books. I think I probably like his books more than I like 
Jason Reynolds books, but I still love them both equally. Like they're always like five out of five stars for me. Um, they also both wrote a Miles Morales book as well, which only adds to the difficulty in telling them apart, to be perfectly honest. Um, but both of their books are fantastic. Anyways, um, this book was written by Jason and with this Brendan Keeley guy who's a white man and it's told from the point of view of a black kid and a white kid and there's a situation where this black kid is beaten by police and then he ends up in the hospital and it kind of like sends a shift throughout their town and it was fantastic and it was on the shorter side so I definitely recommend it like you could read it very quickly and it was very good and I liked it. The next book is Rump, The True Story of Rumpelstiltskin by Liesl Shirtliff. Um, I like to read funny books with the kids at dinner time to hold their attention. So I googled books that were kind of on the funny side and this was one of the ones that popped up. It was funny in like a silly way. Like they called him Rump for most of the books. So there were a bunch of butt jokes, which if you know, you know. Um, it's like your standard Rumpelstiltskin retelling. It reminded me a lot of Rumpel from Once Upon a Time, which I wanted to do a rewatch, but then I started The Brunette Best Friend, and I didn't rewatch this, and I started, but I also stopped doing Brunette Best Friend, so I need to restart that, and then eventually I'll rewatch Once Upon a Time, because I fucking love that show, and it's been a minute. Um, she also wrote other fairy tale origin stories. She wrote Jack and the Beanstalk and Red Riding Hood, and so I think at some point we might get to those, but if you have kids, this was fun. I recommend. The next book I read was Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, and I cannot express how much I love this book. I loved this book so much. It circulated Bookstagram for a second. I think it was a book of the month book club pick or something. I'm really annoyed that I didn't pick it for mine. I think it was February, one of February's picks, and I had just picked a romance for January, so I didn't want to do another romance for February, and instead I got The Kindest Lie, which I still haven't read. I will get there, I promise. Um, Katie Coulson, who I've said is my booktube obsession, she read this and she gave it three stars and was like, you know, like, it's okay, but blah, 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 like, it's not great. And so I didn't have high hopes and I assumed that I was going to DNF it, but I freaking loved it so much. My one gripe about this book is the amount of times that her name is mentioned. That was something that Katie said was like, oh, did you forget her name? They mention her name every five seconds in this book. And so I counted on purpose because... That is something that annoys me when something is over and over and over again, like loosed a breath in the Akator books. So I was like, I'm going to count how many times they say her name. So I counted and the words Grace and Porter are mentioned several thousand times because she goes by Grace, she goes by Porter. But her full name, Grace Porter or Dr. Grace Porter are mentioned 83 times in a less than 300 page book. 83 times. That means that like every other page her name was on you know what I mean like or like close to close to at least every third like why it was fucking ridiculous and it was not needed at all (sighs) it's basically about this girl who is super regimented and she like has a plan and all this stuff and she ends up going to Vegas one night and she marries this random girl that she doesn't even know and the girl leaves the next morning So it's her trying to like figure her life out and like figure out if she wants to be with this girl and like meet this girl and like that kind of stuff. And it reminded me a lot of Queenie by Candace Cardi Williams, but this was way better. Um, There's this like therapy aspect and they both deal with like their families in troubling ways. And you kind of want to shake them a little bit and be like, what the fuck are you doing? But I like Grace more than Queenie as a character by a long shot. And, um, yeah, like the friends feel similar. There were like the fun text messages and stuff, which was also very fun, but it felt very similar to Queenie, but this one was way better. I also don't know if I've ever read a book with a lesbian as the main character, and I liked it a lot. It was different from what I normally read, not just because she was a lesbian, but just like the whole setup of the story. Um like the things that they talked about because she's like an astro physicist or something astronomer she's something with space and I've never read a book about a character that's like into space or something I don't know um it was it was just different and the whole setup of the story was a little bit unique and I just freaking loved it it was so cute it was so adorable and they go to Burlington in search of Champ the Loch Ness Monster of Lake Champlain I graduated from Champlain College so this was super fun um Burlington has a baseball team called the Lake Monsters and it's a whole thing there it's like 
there's like these pictures in the science center where like people have spotted this like Loch Ness monster and so it's like this rumor that there's like a Loch Ness monster in Lake Champlain that's the fucking beach that we would go to and we would swim in and when it was frozen I was like walking on it I have all these pictures it's so great so it was really really fun um that they mentioned it and it's so fucking hilarious because I swear to god every single book I read mentions Vermont like I would say a disproportionate amount of books 90% of the books I read they go to Vermont at some point and I had literally never even heard of Vermont before we lived there like that's a lie but you know what I mean also I love you so much it hurts is the new I love you to the moon and back just trust me on this the next book I read is Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty by Lauren Weisberger. Like I said, I wanted to read this. I didn't think I'd be able to read it this month, so it was exciting that my hold released and I was able to read it, but that was why I was reading her backlist. Um, again, I adored When Life Gives You Lululemons. I just felt like it was like fun and sassy, and it's just like about suburban moms, and this book was a lot like that book. It was it was definitely like the suburban mom plight um it started out a little bit slowly but it picked up and I'm glad that I stuck with it because the ending made me really emotional um it has the same vibes as Lululemons which not all of her books do like the singles game didn't have that vibe so I also wasn't sure about this because it's sort of similar to the college admission scandal but the difference between this and the admission book by Julie Buxbaum that I DNF'd earlier in the year is that there's like a little twist on this that makes it different and more interesting because I could give a shit about the scandal but because there was like a small twist it was still entertaining I still didn't know what was gonna happen I was still like okay tell me more it wasn't like the stereotypical college admission scandal so all in all it was another like sassy suburban mom type of story and I think it would be fun to read like at the pool or at the beach when you're just like getting your suburban mom on how many times can I say suburban mom um it's just like a fun you know sassy little book to read also it took me until the book was almost finished to realize that the town that they're in is called paradise which now makes the title make sense because I was singing the song in my head every single time I picked up the book like where the grass is green and the girls are pretty take me down to the paradise city you know so that was fun <laughs> The last book I read is You Love Me by Carolyn Kepnes. This is the third book in the You series, that Netflix show that everybody loves. Um, I don't know if she's going to write more, but it sort of seems like she could. Who knows, TBD. I wanted to read the You book before I started watching the show, but that didn't end up happening, and I ended up reading it after, and it was like word for word the same as the show. And then the next book, Hidden Bodies, was similar to the second season of the show, but there were some differences, and I'm curious to see what the third season will be like, because I feel like some of the second season is in this book, if that makes any sense. Like, I kind of feel like, I can't really remember Hidden Bodies, the book, but I feel like it was more focused on, like, love and 40, and it wasn't focused on I don't really know I don't really remember so I'm curious to see what season three looks like I'm pretty sure that's going to come out soon um like sometime in the summer maybe I'm not sure or maybe at the end of the year I just know it's coming out this year um I think I liked this book more than Hidden Bodies because this one was way more similar to the first book whereas Hidden Bodies I felt like was kind of all over the place however there were so many moments in this book where I was like why in the fuck why are we doing this why are we doing this so there's that um there were a lot of things that I was like giggling about though while I was reading this every time he talks about someone who's dead he calls them R.I.P. Beck R.I.P. Peach whatever so instead of saying oh yeah like that's how Beck was he's like that's how R.I.P. Beck was and it's hilarious to me he's like um I don't know I can't think of I can't think of an instance but he's like R.I.P. Peach R.I.P. Benji R.I.P. Beck I'm like he just like he puts R.I.P. in front of their names and it's so fucking funny and he does it as people in this book die too he's like R.I.P. blah blah so I thought that was really funny there's this other part where this girl is saying that she wants to kill the guy that she's with and someone's like yeah that's natural and he Joe's like since when is nature synonymous with good and it took me a second to realize that he was taking her response to I want to kill him as that's that's good like that's natural that's good and so I'm like it's not synonymous it's so funny um and then it also made me feel like a sick little sociopath because I really like the parts when he's being creepy as fuck. Like, when he's being creepy, Joe, that's when I'm, like, in it. 
Um, when he's being normal, I'm like, uh, can we, come on, like, let's, let's go back to being a bad. Can we kill someone else, please? I want to see how you do it. Um, I like when he's being, like, a voyeur and doing weird shit. Like, that's when I'm invested. So, I don't know what that says about me. But the books aren't great, but they're fun. If you need something random, if you need something, like, slightly thrilling or entertaining, you know, just pick one up. They're pretty enjoyable. The show's also very good. Penn Badgley does a great job. So, yeah, it was great. Uh, quickly interrupting my own podcast. You can probably hear the shower and Tommy's listening to a podcast, but I finished Wings. I was going to say Wings and Ruin because I was just looking at a freaking YouTube video. Um, I finished Ruin and Rising by Lee Bardugo. Oh my God. The ending was incredible. I have only seen people talking about how much they don't like this series or how much like it's boring or they hate the ending or whatever but I don't think I have ever read a more perfect ending to a book I feel like everything not just that everything was like tied up nicely like with a bow but I feel like everyone got the ending that they were supposed to have and this is coming from someone who could have seen Alina with any of the three men so I am shook I absolutely loved this book I Um, I think like the first two, I gave like four stars and this one is five stars. Like I, the ending was fan fucking tastic and I'm just like, I'm just like relishing in it right now. And I just needed to talk about it and nobody I know is going to ever freaking read this. So this is where it's going. And I wanted to be able to put this in this podcast because I don't want to forget these feelings about how much I freaking loved it. And oh my God, I just am like gushing right now. I freaking loved it like don't get me wrong these books are kind of slow like it took me like a fairly long time to read this book oh the freaking air conditioner is kicking on it's just gonna be a mess it took me a long time to read these books but they're very good like there are slow parts there is a lot it's like kind of dense like I don't know but the writing is so well done. Like, the writing is not bad in any way, shape, or form. Like, I really am, like, a Lee Bardugo stan right now. I really am. Um, but it's just, like, the, are the characters, like, fully fleshed out in the same way that, like, the Agator series? Like, maybe not. Like, could you know more about the characters? Yes. Do you just, like, want the best for all of these characters? A thousand percent. Um... I don't necessarily, like, love any of the characters, like, any specific sort of situation. I really love Zoya, but she's, like, not, like, a main bitch. Um, I just, like, it's just, like, the story as a whole, like, the telling of this story, like, the, like, it's just, it's so good. And, like, (laughs) I really feel almost, like, guilty recommending it to anybody because I feel like so many people don't like it. So I feel like maybe my taste is just garbage, but I freaking loved this book. Like I, the end of this book was so fantastic. Like every single thing that happened was like, yes, this was what was supposed to happen. Like every single character, like every single piece, like it was just like, it all makes so much sense and there was no like rush it wasn't rushed to tie anything up it wasn't like a rush I was kind of worried because there were only like two chapters left and they still hadn't had like the big battle yet and I was like wait what how's this gonna go um but I like nothing was rushed like there wasn't anything that was like we didn't know what to do with this person so we just had this happen like I feel like it all was so good and the freaking the freaking after like the epilogue of this book I wanted to sob because I loved it so much. Like, I just, my heart, like, healed. I just feel like, and these books aren't even that, like, there's not anything, like, that great about these books. Like, if you, like, are, like, thinking about it, like, there's not anything that's, like, mesmerizing about these books. But, like, there is just something about the story that, like, as a whole, I just absolutely freaking love. And the freaking end of this book, like, I don't care what happened throughout the rest of the book. I don't care what happened throughout the rest of the series. Like, the very end of the very last book is, like, enough for this series to be, like, great in my mind. And I'm so glad. I normally don't ask for books if, well, I don't know. Maybe I did this in the past. But 
I don't typically in the last few years ask for books unless I know I'm going to love them. Um, so it was kind of like, I think I read the first one and then I was like, oh, I want to read the rest of them. And I liked the first one enough that I was like, oh, I could probably own them. I'm so glad that I own these because I a hundred percent will reread these and I can't wait until that happens. Um, again, I mentioned this after this clip in my conclusion, my like outro, I mentioned that I need to finish this book and then I need to read the six of crows duology because that is also a part of the shadow and bone series it's like she melded or they melded um the grishaverse trilogy with like the shadow and bone series with the six of crows duology and that's how they made the shadow and bone tv show so i still have to read the other two before i can watch the show so we will get there i probably after finishing this 1000 percent, i will probably be doing a podcast over the show because i think i'm gonna have a lot of thoughts so anyway i just wanted to interrupt and i have a lot of loud background noise happening but i couldn't not talk about this because i freaking loved it you love to freaking see it So those are all of the books that I read in the month of May and I have a lot like happening in the next couple of months as far as reading goes I feel like. So I'm currently reading Patina which is a part of the track series by Jason Reynolds with my nanny kid. I really like his fucking writing. I think it's great and we plan to read all four books in the track series. So after Patina I think it's Sunny or Lou one of the two. So we'll read those two. I'm also reading The Last Letter to Your Lover by Jojo Moyes. Plot twist, this is historical fiction. However, so far, I'm only like 20 pages in it or something, like 40 pages. However, well, one, I'm reading it because they're making it into a movie and Shailene Woodley is like the star, so gotta do it. Um, but two, um, it's actually reading very well. I like Jojo Moyes' writing. I really liked the Me Before You series. So, so far I'm not minding it. And if I can get through this book, that would be fan-fucking-tastic to me because I would love to read something that is not the same as all the other books that I read. Um, I'm also reading a book I got on NetGalley. I don't think it's out yet. I'm not sure. It's called The Night When No One Had Sex. I've seen that people say it's good, so we'll see. As of right now, I feel like I'm reading a book about a child. Um, it's like these kids have a prom pact. And they're all going to have sex. And I assume none of them have sex. But whatever. We'll see. And then I'm also, like I said, finishing up Rune and Rising. Um, and then I want to read the Six of Crows duology so that I can watch the Shadow and Bone show on Netflix. I also really need to read the freaking books that I own. I need to try to make that like a priority in the next few months. But it's so exciting to just get like 75 books at the library every week. My husband actually bought me a book on his work trip, so I want to read that um, because I want to encourage him to continue to buy me books. We had this conversation about gift buying and things like that, and um, we feel very strongly about gifts. Like, it's very silly for us to buy each other gifts because we share money. Um, it's like, you could just buy that if you wanted that kind of thing. We we buy each other surprises and things like that like we you know like I'll get him like his favorite drink or he'll get me like my favorite candy or like we'll do something nice for each other or something like that but like actual like gifts is kind of weird because we just are like oh yeah I want to go buy that let's go buy it like we do that stuff together like we'll go shopping for things together so um we're not super big in gifts but um he was saying he was talking about how like books could be something that he could get for me because he kind of can't go wrong like I mean he could go wrong but like that's like really fun it's like exciting for someone to give me a book especially if it's like not a book on my like TBR so he did that I'm very interested like we'll see um it is something about somebody who has like multiple personalities so that seems like fun um but I definitely want to encourage him to continue buying me books because that's so fun and that's like what makes me the most happy so I can't believe that we have been together as long as we have and we have never thought about this um it's like the equivalent of me buying him like an alcohol like a like a wine or like a 
you know, whatever. Cause he's like, Oh my God. It just like, it's like very simple, but it makes him so happy. So same thing books. So happy. Um, and then I also got a bunch of books recently at like thrift stores and stuff that I'm dying to read. I also have two book of the month club books that I haven't read. I have the kindest lie and I have Ariadne, which Ariadne looks so good. And that also is sort of like a historical fiction. It's like a mythological fiction mythological historical fiction I don't know um plus whatever I pick for June which I feel like every single time at the end of the month I'm like so antsy to get the next book and it's like calm down you have other books to read I also want to read the City of Bones series I rented the first one from the library because I couldn't find my copy I have like all six books but I can't find the first one so I want to read those. Um, I also need to start Anna Karenina. I should have known that that would not be something I could spread out throughout the year, but shit, like I haven't started it and I need to because it's long as fuck. Um, I also made a list of books on my Goodreads TBR that have like a 4.5 star average rating. And I'm going to make that like my summer TBR. There's like 50 books on that list or something that, you know, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to read those, but we'll see. A handful of those books I actually own, so that's helpful. I might make a whole separate podcast just talking about those books. Like, we'll see. Um, And then, like, some standout books that I would like to read next month are The Grace Year, The Maidens, and Five Feet Apart. Like, I feel like those are the ones that, like, pop into my head the most. I'm honestly not even sure what my reading is going to look like in June because my husband's training is closer to me now, so I can go visit him on the weekends. But, like, when he's working, I'll have time to read. Like, currently, right now, he's at work, and I am doing this podcast. So, reading is a possibility while he's gone. And then the kids are also out of school now. So, that is either going to help or hurt my reading. If yesterday was any indication, I am not going to read it all because it was a busy-ass day. But um, if we're, like, at the pool or we're, like, outings or whatever, I can read. But if we're, like, hanging out at home and we're, like, playing and, like, I'm, you know, engaging with them, like, I'm not going to have time. So it'll probably end up evening out to be the same amount that I'm reading now. Um, I also plan to spend as much free time in the pool as humanly fucking possible. And you can't bring TikTok into the pool, but you can bring a book. So there's that. So I have a lot of stuff happening and we will see what we get to. Until next time.